0: Uh, welcome to the SeshPod. Another week of pure fun with, we have Mac here this week. So did you miss it last week? Did?
1: I did, yeah. Lazy? Sadly, no, then, no, so no, we've no. got
0: Max here, so <laughs> Max is never present now, smashing it. Lucy Tessier is here and we're, uh, we've got... Stephanie Hebden with us this week for a guest special yeah. edition. She's going to take on the full shirt all on her own. <laughs> so we the floor start, is yours. Yeah, the floor is yours. <laughs> so we'll start where we, where we usually do, which is how your week's been, and we should ask Mac first. Um, you've had some England matches on the go. Yeah,
1: obviously, I'm, I've sort of been busy with uh, the venue Social down on Humber Street, and uh, it's right in the midst of the Euro, so we've been doing some uh, specially booked. booked Tickets, uh, book tickets, shows for the uh, Euro Games, where we've been getting around about eighty people in, uh, all sat comfortably, and uh, it's it's been quite civilized. We've had a bit of chanting and uh, a few uh, glasses waved in the air, but nothing nothing to really report home on apart from yeah, some some good atmospheres down here for the Euro Games, and uh, obviously with the news that the uh, restrictions have been put back four weeks, obviously it's. Uh, it's had an impact on us with the venue but also with the festival as well it's it's you know it's one of those where we sort of stop starting we think we're planning ahead and then we sort of stop again but uh, we're still confident in a few weeks' time that we can uh, open the doors here at Social and turn this into the venue that it should be, with some great gigs lined up. I know the K's are booked in for the 22nd of July, so that'll probably be one of our first gigs here. Mm-hmm. And then we've got something very special at the weekend, which we're not allowed to announce just yet, but if it does come off it's, it's massive for the city. Uh, so that's good. And then... Uh, Festival wise, you know, we're still hoping that we might be able to do something in September, but we shall wait and see.
0: It's worth mentioning also. We've got just in the background stage. We've got Damien, who, who is hopefully uh, opening by the time this podcast comes out. Will be potentially open at social with Costanza's Pizza, which is um, which is a really nice offer for the venue it? to and have, to have it's really a, good pizza.
1: It's a great asset for the venue. It's something that we wanted to do, you know, when we first opened the doors back in uh, August of 2020. Yeah, just just looking at what else is out there, you know, taking a taking a note, taking a leaf out of like Belgrade's book in Leeds, with the food offer that they have and the entertainment they put on, it's you know it is pretty classy, and I've always enjoyed that vibe over there. So when we opened Social, it was it was always sort of high on the agenda to get a food offer in here. And uh, damien has been perfecting his pizzas over the course of lockdown, and uh, he's gone with the Costanza brown, which is really cool. Comes from the Seinfeld field uh, TV program and. Uh, He's done, he done a, he's done a trial run or two and uh, he's produced 20, 30 pizzas over the last couple of weeks and all the staff have uh, dived in and we all agree that it is something quite special and uh, we're looking forward to uh, Costanza being part of Social.
2: Perfect.
1: Perfect. Um,
2: yeah, Max, what Dan, have you been? Oh, oh, I was going to ask you actually, you and Lucy and Steph, you've all got a sold out show at Adelphi on the 13th of July.
0: Yeah, Yeah. really looking forward to it. So even, yeah, even obviously going back to that thing of having the the four weeks added, it just gave us sort of a chance to do a social distance Mm. show because we hadn't done one with Lohama. So um, yeah, it was really exciting to to put something like that on. We need the practice, no doubt. Um, But also to have Lucy's new new band, which, you know, I I suppose before you, officially ready to go i guess yeah to, to play with us is really exciting
3: yeah it's, it's exciting for us because we've been preparing for like a few months now um playing live so turning the recordings that we've got um to live versions which has just been it's been hard work it's been challenging um uh, we spent a lot of nights sort of just chipping away at things um and trying to get them absolutely perfect um but yeah we're all so excited and it's a debut sort of thing um for us at the moment, nobody really knows who we are, so it's, it's really exciting to sort of this bring that to the table at this gig, especially because it's sold out as well. Yeah, it'd be good. It's really exciting. Nice and, yeah, I
1: know good. we're excited about it, aren't we? Um,
0: so, a good question for, for Steph and Max, I guess, first Delphi shows, um, and also what you've been up to this week, I guess.
4: You <laughs> um, I'll start with what I've been up to this week, which is not very exciting, not a lot, working, doing Got practice tonight. Um, yeah getting excited about the show and yeah that's nothing exciting and first Adelphi show what story <laughs> um, we did a Christmas gig 2019 I think um, so that's the first time i played Adelphi and one of the first shows that we really did anyway because um, I'd never gigged before Low Hummer and it was chucking it down it was mad Friday so it was weird anyway the Adelphi had started flooding <laughs> so <laughs> the roof was leaking um, we had to build a sort of bridge between, to be able to get to the door because there was such a huge um, flood outside um, yeah and then yeah I think we all decided that the best way to get through it was to drink. And um, John took that to the next level, I would say. Mm -hmm. Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds about right.
4: To the point where he forgot to just come in on a song and we had no idea what was happening because we couldn't see. And then luckily your dad had filmed the whole thing.
0: Some memento. mentor so yeah. if John ever annoys us we can <laughs> put clips of John absolutely um, lying on the floor at some points yeah he, yeah. he had a good time
4: didn't he it's, he'd found a hat in, in the back room as well which he'd decided to wear on stage like a James Bay style hat <laughs> just nice. just just for a laugh <laughs> um, and I think the song where he disappeared when we watched the video back what had happened is that he'd spilt his pint all down him and was trying to clean that up whilst the rest of us were actually playing the song yeah, um, this, is, this is a
1: great story. Yeah. <laughs> I'm loving this. Oh, iconic, yeah. oh yeah. It yeah. was... Uh, was he actually laid down then? He laid on, down
4: it? for... Yeah. Oh, I,
1: I could see him Quite, doing that.
4: Yeah. And then when we got off, for some reason, he was very excited. and <laughs> got into the back room and then just got in the bin.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go out and go home. That's what... <laughs> that's my yeah. Yeah. yeah.
4: That's what... Two and a half liters. Of Sounds gin like and a Saturday day night for
0: a What about you, Max? Uh, yeah, can you remember your first Adelphi show?
2: It was in October twenty seventeen, and we'd been doing like I think we'd only been a band for like we'd only been playing for like a, a year, um, and we'd been like doing support shows and just like uni gigs at like like a few odds and ends, and we decided to put on an actual headline show with. Um, another band that didn't really stick around for long called Ninth Pine in the city and Codex in second place as well um, just like a bunch of mates in a room and we we did way better than we thought we were going to do and played a good gig and it was it was loads of fun um, and that was like our first like headline show experience which was yeah great and obviously Adelphi is just like an institutionally institution anymore, so mm-hmm. it was really nice to be able to play there which was yeah which was great. It's a good line
0: of like, for a festival a Delphi show.
2: Yeah, I was super happy. I think <laughs> it was really strange, because 9th Time were, like, indie rock, and then we went into, like, Codex, which was just, like, this weird, like, warped, like, it's, in, like, synth and electronic-based stuff, and then we went into Us, which was, like, heavy grunge. and things. So it was very varied. But it was a lot of fun. That's um, good.
0: We. Um, I should, I should also mention just... Um, as we go into new releases today um, that Elliot, who's working as a trainee through Sesh via Goodwin, mentioned you know, as this, this street regenerates the likes of um, Pinky's artwork at the end, the graffiti and how that, that works into our culture. There's so much graffiti within the city now and know that's a bit of a jump. but um, but yeah, we've got some really exciting um, talent in, in regards to artwork uh, in 2021. Um, even as you head sort of towards um, Eastall, there's loads of new new spots knocking about. You've got like, of Lydia Caprani putting um, doing some great visuals on on streets where you wouldn't usually find exciting sort of new work. How important Mac is that to the city to have great artists like sort of no. Pinky, Joe Johnson, doing amazing work at Dive and stuff, and then obviously Joe Cox and stuff like that. How important is it to, for a city to have people like that? Well,
1: it adds a vibrancy, most definitely. It gives colour to the city, and uh, there's always been a healthy like street art scene in Hull for many, many years. You know, going back to the 80s, well, late seventies, early eighties, there was a lot going on around then. But like um, with regards to like Pinky on Humber Street, we we got him down. Uh, our first festival in 2012 and we commissioned Pinky to do something on the side of one of the um, old warehouses opposite, well next door to Butler, on the corner of Butler and White's and it was such an iconic image and it had such an impact on the street at that time I remember City of Culture when Martin Green and his team sort of strolled into town all their photos were sort of based around Pinky's artwork on Humber Street and Humber Street suddenly crept had that identity of being like a jewel in the crown or an untapped jewel in the crown that needed that regeneration and that redevelopment and a lot of it came from the artwork that started appearing down here it sort of made people aware of things happening down here and what space we had to play with and off the back of that you know the festivals we've had a lot of street art involved at umber street sesh but i think it was about four years ago was it bankside appeared I think it was an initiative that David Harrison, through the BBC, had set up with a load of. Uh, I think Oliver Marshall was involved. Friends on every street, and uh, they sort of collaborated with lots and lots of street artists, not just from Hull, but also aspirational acts from out there, aspirational artists from out of the city as well were coming over, and uh, they had the freedom to sort of paint this industrial sort of area called Bankside in Hull and. Uh, the vibrancy that's given to that area. I mean, it's it's amazing. I go, th- I use it as a rat run to get down there most days, you know, travelling through, and it is. It's, a, it's a joy to see every day. It just brightens up your world, seeing all this amazing art. Now, it's not to everyone's cup of tea, and I think the tagging, you know, cheeses a lot of people off, just the basic tagging. And, mm-hmm. and obviously, you know, when people overstep the mark and just put nonsense up on walls, that's not what you want to see. But the, there is a lot of classy street art in the city and let's hope that you know can continue and like there's some bigger pieces appearing as well I mean we commissioned uh, two Hong Kong artists at Humber Street Session 2018 Mm -hmm. that have done on the back of Wellington Street back of Social there's one and there's one further down back of uh, Tap House and then you see like uh, what they've done at Kings yeah Yeah. Uh, I think
4: that's Dan Kitchener I think
1: that's the name Dan Kitchener and didn't he do another piece in the old town a few weeks ago like a sister, I think a sister so, yes. piece. Yeah, I think, you're I right. think you are So there are there's some beautiful, yeah. but and also like Andy P. Got to give Andy P. A mention because Andy P. Has been doing a lot of street art in the city for many years, and uh, he's been commissioned on various councils yeah, on various estates, council, various estates, and that. And he's he's been doing some end walls and some really exciting um, subjects as well, and, and some historic subjects. A lot to do with the fishing industry mm, and or yeah. uh, well, the fishing heritage. I think there's been one done for Mick Ronson. You know, the pillar of the uh, Hull's music community or well, the, the legend of Hull's music community from years back. I think um,
4: it's, as well it's given Hull artists an opportunity to, mm. to go elsewhere. I know um Matty, let's have a skeg, yeah. he's been commissioned to do stuff in Liverpool and Manchester recently. Like, It's really great that he's a Hull-based artist because it's difficult yeah. to get out of the city sometimes. Mm. Um, and I think the focus we have on the art here has obviously given people opportunities to to do stuff elsewhere
1: it's important those platforms those, you yeah. know, those platforms are the seeds to you know, development and as you said like, you know, Skeg gets the chance yeah. gets the chance to then go out and get, be commissioned after doing some walls and a few you know facades and whatever next thing you know he's, he's being asked left right and centre to do pieces mm-hmm. all over the place and that's a really good thing so yeah long may that continue you know, the brighter the better and you know, more street art please most definitely
2: I'm really enjoying hearing about like, I, I don't know an awful lot about the the graffiti scene in, in Holland mm-hmm. also I am really enjoying hearing about all of this and learning about all the names and stuff. So
0: excellent. Great stuff. Well shall we move on to new music releases? Yeah. So is we have good? four to to choose from and we'll we'll tie in Mac with some questions along the way. I will start with Steph um, with WH Lung and Pearl in the Power.
4: to start off we, we covered it on New Music Friday last week actually um, I really really love WH Lung I saw them at Gold Sounds a couple of years ago um, at Brudenell and they're amazing like very very interesting and I know looking into this particular release um, well they've done an album but they're looking when I was looking into it they're trying to move a little bit more into dance music and um, which is really cool. Um, They said that with this release, they're looking at a more sort of joyful way. And obviously having not been able to attend gigs or go out to dance anywhere for the past year and a half, um, I think they said with this release, they're looking to um, celebrate the fact that it's coming soon. Hopefully, fingers crossed. but yeah, they're really cool. Um, lots of synth and interesting ways of working. They, it's Matt Peel at the Nave that recorded it. Um, and he is a synth king, isn't
0: he? Yeah. 100%. He's
4: <laughs> got a whole synth room, so they've obviously taken advantage of that. And they are great and very good live. Um,
0: I think um, I mentioned a name, and I, th- I hope I'm right, but I think we had a band um, called Shaker in previous with Sesh. That became WH WHL, and that happens quite often. Um, we spoke last week of a band called Cumica. Um, if you yeah, yeah, and, and, yeah, you, do, and yeah, then yeah, on right, the yeah. pod we talked to Max. You can pronounce it. D- Dilettante Dilettant, yeah. So that's become a new project
1: that from if, Cumica, from Cumica.
0: And do we have really Dilettante? We have to no, have a we but no, I'm sure so we, we saw booked in, yeah. Potentially, we might have had them, in, but we definitely hadn't, haven't had them yet, and we should do. Mm. But, um, I guess the question is how important is it uh, as an organization um, to facilitate bands coming into the city? Um, how important um, are those platforms? Um, and what's the formula to gain in a whole audience if you're an out of towner? Can you think of um
1: I think it's I think it's very important to facilitate sort of out of town bands as a, you know as a live music venue, and if you're trying to build up a community in your own city, it's important to get these acts over, especially aspirational acts that you know our sort of bands in the city sort of can sort of gauge where they are where where they stand like within the industry, and I think the best formula for out of town bands to gain more audiences is probably latching onto sort of bands in the city, you know like sort of. Forming relationships with, with bands from the city that you're playing, so you know you've seen it with like Strange Bones and Calva Louise, like they they've sort of yeah. paired up now and doing lots together. You know, I've I've seen it over the years of Avalanche Party. They've come into the city and they've latched onto like you know the Session or like you know gigs at Adelphi and they've latched onto bands and and that audience will always go and follow them now when they come back to Hall because they've played alongside you know Low Hummer or Life or you know, pre-skate or faux par or whatever. You no, know, I think it's I think it's very important to facilitate bands, you know, out, outside the city into Hull. It gives us gives us an idea where we stand and uh, it's exciting as well. It's exciting to be part of that conversation. Yeah, or that like narrative. The session is a massive
2: part of that. Like for me personally, Bloodhound would not be in the relationship with faux par and breeders that we are right now if they hadn't come through the session mm. So I think it's such an important part of crafting those relationships, like mm. you say, like if Those out of towns come through on that lineup, they get to meet two other bands that they're playing with who are local, yeah, and then form those relationships. And then you've, you've, you've basically facilitated a gig outside of the SESH realm for them to play and create relationships and build more of an audience, so. yeah. It's, it's a
1: fair point. I, I honestly believe that you know, off the back of the SESH, there's been some great relationships formed over the years, and you know, it's great to see you know, people going off and doing their own thing with other bands and in other venues and everything. And, you know, that's what we're there for. We're part of that talent pipeline, that music development. And I think it plays a big part, you know, mm. bringing yeah. bands in from outside the city to play alongside ours and 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 sort of, like, encouraging those relationships to form.
4: Yeah. yeah. I think we have a habit as a, of a, as a city of adopting bands as well, mm. like Avalanche Party. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, like... They they feel like a whole band because they've played Sesh Mm. so many times. And Sesh would have been the first time I've seen them. And then since then I've travelled to see them in Leeds and stuff like that because it feels
1: like a And not it, it weird when you go and see a band you know like say Avalanche but I saw them at like, I think 2Q Festival in Lincoln and I've, I saw them on like a decent stage and I remember thinking they're a whole band but they're not yeah. they're not a whole yeah. band <laughs> but they felt, like a hall, they felt like a sesh band yeah. if anything yeah. I started referring to the bands as sesh bands rather than hall <laughs> yeah. bands but over the years I mean Absolutely. the York music scene like the we, and and the hall. York music yeah. scene we pretty much adopted I think oh, yeah. at sesh like or oh, a hall has. You know, with the Howl on the Home Faux Park, TVR, Amy Ellis. Yeah. I mean, and the Hangnails, it, the list goes on and on and on. And we've always considered them as, as sesh bands, 100%. which in turn, we seem to think, we, you know, especially when we programme Umber Street sesh, <laughs> we consider them as sort of outbounds, we bring bringing back. Bull! We've had ball at every festival for eight years, haven't we? Yeah. Hopefully yeah, yeah. nine. Yeah. Hopefully ten. <laughs>
0: Well moving on to uh, I'm conscious of time, so I'm scared it's going to give me a word. Um we'll, we'll go straight into a band that we know really well. Uh, I have links to uh, a Manchester band with, with document um, who have come through the session as well, but Luma. <laughs> started this project with Goodwin in February, so we completely missed their EP Disappearing Acts, which is um, loud, a very loud, exciting EP, um, which just shows how good that band have become. I think they played Pop Party was the first time I saw them many years ago with uh, what was Bit Blooms and Life, and at the first gig you could see the remnants of something really raw and exciting, um, and they've become... A really prevalent band for the city, albeit they're not constantly here. They travel ac- across, you know, from Leeds yeah. and, and have links in Manchester. But I guess, I guess the, the question is, um, we had a really rich scene at one point of grunge, grunge bands, exciting post-punk bands. Um, you know, they made links with the likes of Fluff there. Um, Back in
2: eating Back in as well. Crows, mm. yeah.
0: So so I guess how have, how would you see Yeah, yeah, weirds being a big one. How how do you see a band like Luma how have they carved their way to become one of Hull's most important
1: acts, do you think? By networking, by getting out of the city. I know it's it's sad to say. I mean it's not that like I'm trying to encourage people to leave the city. I mean people can carve out a, a career in Hull, no problem. I mean the world's a lot smaller now and we've got internet and everything else, but Bands do need to network. They need to get out of the city. They need to, like, you know, talk to other people and not sort of be bogged down with sort of inner city politics in Hull because it won't get you anywhere. Uh, Luma did exactly that. They, you know, they they made contacts in Leeds and then they made contacts in in uh, Manchester and off the back of that, they've 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 scored some incredible gigs and uh, yeah, the the epitome of the sort of you know loud sort of post punk scene really. I think uh, Holy Orders were sort of the first sort of band mm. for us at Sesh that sort of gave us that style. Yeah. But then, yeah, around that period, I'm trying to think of other bands. Uh, yeah, like
0: so lots of Sort Canablan- of Yeah, cannibal, Canablan-
1: Vulgarians. Yeah. It was a really exciting time, and you know, those three or four bands that we thought had a real good chance of you know making headway in the industry. And Looma, you know, Loomer are one of those bands.
0: Mm-hmm. And we're saying that so it's a networking, really. Yeah, I mean, networking. Obviously, the live, the live, uh, the, yeah, live element is, is it, has been amazing. It's probably one of the last bands we've seen pre, pre-pandemic at, at the Christmas show, and you could see the the amount of support and love they had playing around that time at the Sesh. Um, they built a really dedicated following.
1: It's exciting. It's full of you know the energy. Yeah, is there for all to see. And like, uh, is it Alex lead singer? Alex. Yeah. Yeah, he's mesmerising. Like you want to watch him when he performs. He's one of those acts that you do want to watch.
0: Yeah, definitely. Sorry, I just dropped my phone. I Don't know if that came across. No, we don't know. Uh, We'll move on to sound effects. Max, it is you next, isn't it? Yeah, smashed it. Good to talk to you. It's yeah, thank you, Liam.
2: the Fast & Bulbs label, Delphi, which is run by Paul Sell and Mark Sunfield and they've been releasing a new single every the fourteenth of every month this year, and they've had the likes of Domestic Dog and Sarah Shields and uh, Bunker Pop and Black Salmon, like loads of um, really great artists putting putting new tracks out, and um, via this label, and they've been getting quite a lot of radio play from it actually, like a lot of amazing radio support, which mm. is great, oh, and a lot of fun press coverage. And this song, yeah, it's really intriguing. It's just like a, a really kind of wild blend of like traditional northern spoken word, um, slotted over this kind of like fractured funk kind of instrumentation. And it's got it's got quite an infectious beat behind it, I think, um, which really makes it stand out. And some of the layers are quite like jarring in that sense. You've got some really kind of ambient, like floating synths, which kind of like sit in between those really jagged vocals and the... Um, really like jarring beats underneath and it's like this nice kind of silk sheet of um, sounds in between so i was really impressed by the track actually and the release from um from them um and there's loads of great record labels in Hull doing the same thing i've got a a small list here of um, some of the ones currently and the ones in the past um adult teeth recording company Lewis Young,
1: uh, is that still a thing? Adult yeah, Teeth, yeah. or has yeah, he changed he's still
0: it? Yeah, stuff. Yeah, I think he's changed. Think he's
1: changed, changed the name of, of it now. Right. Yeah.
2: So there's, yeah, I like Love Our Records as well. Purple World. That's Kevlar Cat. Love Our yeah. Love
1: Our Records. Kevlar Cat, who's still producing to this day.
2: There's loads of great, um, loads of great local ones, and loads of great ones in the region as well. Um, which kind of poses the question, like, what's the importance of supporting artists off the stage, um, as like someone behind the scenes? So like, I guess, mm-hmm. in terms of the sesh, like, you go support artists hmm. that come through the, the night and then go on to promote them and bring them back and everything. Um, how important is it to keep supporting those artists?
1: Very important. It's, it's, it's about trying to keep people's confidence up, keeping, keeping the momentum up of what we're, you know, we're doing collectively as a city or as, a, as, as promoters ourselves you know, we want to show that support to all and sundry, as long as we get that engagement back. I mean, it's, yeah. we've said this year on year, like, you know, we want engagement as much as we need to engage with bands and artists and industry itself. But I think it's very important, it is, you know, you hear us talking, you know, you as an artist, Max, you know, with Bloodhound, if you hear us talking about Bloodhound, how does that make you feel? It's,
2: it's nice, isn't it? Like, yeah,
1: you feel, you feel, you know, you feel relevant, you feel... Yeah. You, you feel engaged. You feel it's worthwhile. It helps your confidence. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's really important for us, to, you know, to be talking about bands and engaging with bands and artists. Yeah, it creates a you know, sense of well being, doesn't it? And
2: yeah, and in that sense, of bounces off each other. Mm. If, if they hear you talking about them, then they're going to talk about you and recommend yeah. you to other people, and it creates this whole kind of community of people which is really nice. On the money, bang exactly. on the money.
0: So we've got, I think, three minutes left. Um, so uh, Lucy yes. no pressure whatsoever uh, you're going to talk about um, Mally Hayes is that correct?
3: Yeah that is, so she's fallen under our radar um, in the past sort of month or so um, and she uh, she's another sort of jazz artist from Manchester so she's bringing the jazz scene um, sort of up and coming um, and she's had a lot of coverage by Radio 2 at the moment they've sort of like They've, they, you know, they've they've supported her journey, um, and her music's fantastic. Obviously, it's it's my type of my type of stuff. Her voice is kind of Leanne La Le Havas, uh, Erica Badu sort of that sort of side of things. So obviously, uh, an incredible uh, new voice, and I hope she does really well in the upcoming scene. Uh, so obviously, this brings us on nicely to. Uh, I think Matt, did you discuss uh, with Toby from Future Sounds about the jazz scene and like setting up? I did uh, venues
1: and things like that um, this week uh, can you tell us about that I did with a big smile on the face <laughs> <laughs> no because I've mentioned it before I've said it to Dan and Sarge as, a fr- as friends like that I've listened to an incredible amount of jazz and neo-soul throughout lockdown I've sort of, my music tastes and it's always been there I've always been into black music pretty much mm. since being a kid but um since lockdown, I have, I've just been listening to like, a lot of jazz and a lot of neo-soul and that, and I haven't really been listening to so much guitar music, which I'm ashamed to say. So, so I've sort of left that department to Dan with regards to Sesh. But I've been listening to neo-soul and, and contemporary jazz, and uh, we've spoken with David Porter, who runs the uh, Jazz Festival an Amazing Festival in the City of Hull, and that's run for, I think, 20-odd years now. And David was keen to see audiences being built in the city for these type of genres. And uh, we started speaking with uh, Joe Hubbard from Future Sound yes. uh, with regard to Humber Street Sessler Festival, because Joe's part of the booking team with Dan. Yep. And uh, Joe mentioned we should talk to Toby, who's who's the main man for booking in contemporary uh, jazz and neo-soul mm-hmm. in Leeds and beyond. And uh, he brought him over and uh, we had a real good chat and we were talking about like social as a venue that. Could facilitate that sort of style. And, and it's about us as a venue sort of taking risks with some of these acts and trying to get some of these names. Well, for years, who's not really been on the touring circuit for a lot of artists. And it's always been hard to attract them over here. Now, Toby was sort of saying to us there's a chance where he can book people in at Leeds Do and you. offer them Hall dates as well. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we're really keen to explore. So, already in the bag at Social, we know that we've got Emma Thackeray. Yes, booked in. Completely. Uh, we've got Newbie and Swiss booked in. Yeah. So exactly. it, it's, it's acts like that that I'm really keen to sort of bring into the city, especially it's social, and sort of there will be you know scope for guitar bands in here most definitely, and there'll right, be a right. lot of you know touring bands coming so through. But but I want that diversity in Hull, which I think's been lacking for a number of years. So you know, not taking anything away from what you know. David Porter's been doing magnificently at All Truck Theatre and you know what the other venues in the city have been doing over the years. But I do think there is a lack of sort of neo-soul contemporary jazz coming to all. So let's change that.
0: Mm. What a great finish that was, Mac. Mm. Absolutely smashed it. Always yeah. oh, smashing it. Um, so we work focus on the artist focus this week. Uh, Max is going to take us through a new band for me and Mac as of next week. I don't you worry, Mac. I already made it sorted. <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you so much. Love all that. Yeah, thank you very much for joining us on today's set pod.